Yes, 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 and we continually shock up the world. Hey, uh, we are Black in Sports. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. M.H. Yo, what's up, M.H., man? We're doing a little different, man. We bring him in the locker room. Here we're going to talk about, you know, the, the different things going on in today inside the locker room. We talk about the different topics around the game, and today we we're talking about the last dance, man. So this is kind of like our little halftime show. Uh, we got through episodes one through five. Um, and got the later episodes, and we'll do a full recap. But, man, just uh, starting off, man, uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, nostalgic. This is uh, going back into my childhood, and I'm glad that everybody in today's era um, has a chance to witness greatness. I think it's real cool. Like, I um, never really obviously know the story about the 3 P Jordan, the first, you know, 91 to 93, and then, the second three-peat and, um, you know, obviously the last dance is kind of highlighting the, the last season of closing that six championship runs, but never really heard it from uh, MJ's perspective. He's kind of as public as he is. He's kind of a private person. So kind of seeing him in interviews, candid with with the yak and uh, <laughs> uncut. The is this the way I want to see MJ talk, man? Uh, makes him a little more human-like, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think it's been dope so far. No, it's definitely been um, in this time of no sports, uh, really giving you something like we're seriously like every Sunday, like okay, it's that time whether you got the DVR set so you can watch it all the way through, or you know you actually get the popcorn ready. And you sit down and, and do family time with it. Um, That's right. That's right. I've, 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 I've ordered some wings for life, man. There you go. Get your Grubhub or whatever up, right? Yeah, so you can sit down. Yeah. And, but, I mean, this is all we have right now, man. So we definitely look forward to it, man. So, sure. so I've shared with you that, like, it's in a situation where this is all we have. So I've heard some, some few things things like I heard that they've been actually rushing this like I know they brought it earlier than it was supposed to come out it was supposed to come out originally in uh in in June right and then Mm -hmm. of course the nature of what's going on that they they sped it up but they weren't done with it have you heard that and they're like yeah I have I heard that this could be totally wrong but I heard they were done with like what the first three episodes right Um, (laughs) and then they're kind of finishing some interviews and, you know, still uh, putting things together <laughs> until, the, <laughs> until the end, I guess. To the wire, right? right and it's yeah. funny that they're doing that because I think one of my complaints to you when we talked about this is, like, the flow. It gives me a very strong Quentin Tarantino, like, I'm trying to think of other uh, genres of, uh, of um, movies that bounce all around and, and you know, kind of take you back and forth with kind of, for to me, no rhyme or reason, but it's just kind of giving you a breakup of of the show. Yeah, you know what? Interestingly enough, and it, it might be just because I've been watching, you know, a lot of Netflix recently. Um, so I've just been watching documentaries and 
shows and just had time to do stuff that I normally wouldn't do as far as that. But right. um, I, I kind of like I kind of like that how it bounces around because it's almost like two documentaries in one. Like on one side of the documentary is like, oh, it's, it's starting the foundation of, uh, you know, where Michael Jordan was and his, you know, peak to, to greatness. So like you'll see, see like the first kind of title run up until like I think now we're at the conclusion of episode four is like, okay, you seen his story up until like the 91 championship, getting right into there where they beat the Pistons and then they finally beat the Lakers right. in that 91. And now you kind of get into maybe the double, you know, the, the back-to-back 92 years going into the dream team. And then on the flip side, going just through the 98 season, you kind of get the stories behind the 98 season with his, you know, with the general manager, Jerry Krause, with, you know, highlighting the stars with the Scotty Pippen and Phil Jackson and Dennis Robin. And, and right now, like, you're to almost like the all-star break of the 98 season. <laughs> right, so in okay. A, in, like, in a way, it's like two different parallel stories. And then I'm thinking, at least this is how I would understand it, is that at the end, it's kind of like that first track of UC Jordan's career kind of going through the pipeline, like 92 season. I'm sure somewhere they'll meet at the end, which is probably going to be that final shot on uh, Byron Russell uh, in the, in his in the championship, championship championship. So that's what I'm thinking is heading, just looking at it. And I kind of enjoy it like that. It's like two documentaries in one, kind of. Gotcha. So you did bring up let's episode one, right? <laughs> you brought up Jerry. <laughs> Yo, mm-hmm. they hated on Jerry. Like, I mean, I was mad at Jerry after the first episode. Um, <laughs> cause he broke it up. Right. Yeah. Pro- pro- oh. Proceed. Yeah, and that's feet. something that you, <laughs> that you don't think about. Right. Like, especially as a kid watching, you, you don't know about GMs and the business of the game, but we saw the business of the game. And when you talk about, um, the right moves. And then like later, as you kind of fall back, you get into the later episodes. And this is just my opinion. He starts to, you see like, well, shit, you know, you got to give him credit that he put the puzzle together, you know, so you can't get mad at him for what he thought was, you know, the right move at the time. I mean, I second guess the hell out of it. Cause like if if your team's winning championships, you know, do you really break it up? Like, while, right. they're, <laughs> while they're going, you get have a change your mind kind of moment. So I just thought that was interesting how they painted him really strong to be the villain right out the gate. <laughs> well, I, I think as we know, kind of how, you know, professional franchises are kind of built. I mean, it, it starts from the top to the bottom. So he has as much as power as the owner has. So it is interesting how he's kind of the scapegoat and he's not alive to kind of defend himself. Right. Um, I'm sure the owner plays a part into the breaking of a, a dynasty as well. Maybe he just was tired of signing checks at some point or didn't want to pay Scottie Pippen at some point. Um, it's kind of weird that Jerry Krause falls victim to that and he can't really defend himself. That's kind of uncomfortable for me. Um, but, I mean, I guess there's a couple ways to look at it. Like, you know, you know, MJ was probably the one person on that team that was the one, obviously, the main figure on the dynasty, but Jerry Krause really didn't pick MJ. He didn't draft MJ. It was a different, he's under a different general manager. So I can sure, I can see how there's probably some discord in leadership at that point okay. between Jordan and him as the kind of two leaders of the player side and the business side. Um, but, you know, unpopular opinion, I can kind of see where Jerry Krause is coming from, bro. In breaking the dynasty, only because 
I was looking, I, I was watching a game. I think I was watching the 97, just a random game. Okay. At that time, watching random 97 championship game. And they were saying, oh, yeah, this is uh, Dennis Rodman came late back from celebrating his birthday. We might touch on that in a little bit. <laughs> this was on the live telecast 97 game. I don't know. It was some game to play off. Um, and he's not starting tonight. And they was like, he was celebrating his 37th birthday. And I'm thinking like, dang, in my present day mind, if somebody's 37, they phasing them out. So if oh, it's a wrap for them. Right, right. In today's modern day the way we think, you know, at 37, 30, Jordan was probably, what, 34 at that time, 34, 35 at that time. Pippen was probably around that 33, 32 age. Yep, something like that. Yeah, you're probably like, okay, let's let's try to move on. And while these guys are still worth something, let me try to trade them to keep this, you know, keep respectable. Um, So I kind of understand where he's coming from. Um, It's just funny how, like you said, how they just kind of – everybody's supposed to hate him. <laughs> right. And then I don't know if you saw the memes, but when they had um, the memes of like the Space Jam and did the yeah. little evil dude, like that was Jerry Krause. <laughs> I'm going to see we if can I can find that and put that up on our social. Man, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that is. You but, can see uh, where that character was developed. Developed, right? And they kind of like yeah. had the whole like a little over portly kind of, I mean, I, he did look more like Danny DeVito too, but still it's like <laughs> that whole kind of concept fit every little, it took a, a piece of every person and completed that, man. So that's hilarious. Um, so you you brought up another point, right? So you said maybe he didn't want to pay, you know, Jordan or Scottie Pippen. So I think from my summation and just kind of like what the, the buzz was, um, that was what episode two was, right? <laughs> like, damn, Scotty didn't get paid. <laughs> Wild, bro. And it, what was it? He was a uh, oh, what was it? A hundred and twenty second highest paid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually show who like the hundred twenty second highest paid person is to the end today's game. I can't think of who it was, but it was just like a random like. I, I don't know. Uh, think of somebody random, Rudy Gay or something. Just <laughs> right, some super random player, some sixth, fifth, eighth man off the bench <laughs> for like the Utah Jazz. Not even one of the the big market teams. <laughs> right, right. That's wild, and he's easily, obviously, the second best player on that team. But you could argue at that time in the league, it's probably what top, at least top five, top seven player. In the NBA, easy top 10, like without no debate, easy top 10. Like, you know, you can difference, you know, if you're talking exactly what period, because of course, you know, like that was when Magic and Bird, like all that guard was starting to get handed over to Michael. But yeah, he's he was easily top 10 player. Uh, definitely not worth uh, the the 122nd place. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he he should at least be the top 50 place. Uh, so so they got him on that, and then it's, it's kind of oh go ahead. We're, uh, yeah, early on that man, you really into the the business side. So I would love to hear kind of your opinion on this and how like the narrative of of sports has kind of changed as far as the athletes knowing their worth and kind of speaking up for themselves in a way. Man, that's just uh, it's a definite definite turn, right? You know, there's player empowerment, right? There's player mobility. I mean. I think that's just culture in general, right? So if we think about like our, our parents and our grandparents, right? They were, Hey, I'm gonna stay at one job. I'm gonna work there umpteen years. I'm gonna get you in, you know, in the job. Um, uh-huh. and you know, I'm gonna retire and get this, retire. Little, and get this little watch. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not moving anywhere. So the city that, you know, we got this job or we work, this is where we are forever. So I just think mm-hmm. that was just the mindset. So you were looked at wrongly, like, because that's the other thing, right? They made him like an outcast as far as like not having his surgery if he wasn't getting paid and he wanted to sit out. And they made him look like the bad guy, like, oh, you know, they, they, they still they're not talking about someone else's money. But it just really, really shows you the difference about player empowerment where where cats like, yo, um, or we can go back to <laughs> Sequoia Home. She's like, hey, uh, can I get a 50% raise? You know, she, shoot, <laughs> shoot they shot. Like, yo, like, I got to get paid. Like, this ain't right. a game. And, and I think and, it's knowing their worth. But go ahead. Yeah, and, and I think his original contract, it was like a six-year deal or a seven-year deal or something. Which like, is they're totally structured crazy. different. Yeah, they're just the way that you structure contracts now. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, "Well, who's his representation? Like, why would he sign, you know, a eighteen million dollar deal for seven years? Like, why would he do that?" But you know, the time—that um, was the time. The right? time is different. Yeah, and, and and it looked at security, right? So back then, um, you know, our whole mindset, if you think of like the economic structure, was get as much for as you can as long as you can. Right. Right. Where today it's like, oh, oh, it ain't popping off. Oh, I'll find something like people are just I mean, if we want to and we'll talk about this, I'm pretty sure in some other shows we've talked about it before is people have options now. Right. So mm-hmm. um, NCAA, you trying to do this? Well, I'm going to go to Australia and play ball. Oh, right. Um, you know, we losing too many people to Australia. OK, we'll make the G League start paying folks. Uh Oh, the NCAA mm-hmm. is like, all right, we're losing to two other people. Y'all can get paid here. So it's just like. Back to that, um, the players' mobility and and kind of like the uh, controlling their economics, and then yeah. and, and the deals. I mean, just people are just really more savvy about the business side of things because people structure deals around like, oh, the CBA is coming up, so I want a shorter contract because I know we're going to get more TV money, and right. you know, uh, so I want to be able to renew my contract when a new contract, so I can adjust it to what the new terms and deals are. So. That it's very interesting when you look at it at that point, you know, and um, it's funny. The uh, his wife or ex-wife, I should say, came out was like, "Oh, don't, don't be feeling bad for Pippin." And I think it paid. Like he got money. We going through this divorce, and I, and I'm trying to get him for some racks. Don't be trying to say he all poor and he ain't got it. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of uh, of Miss Larson. Hey man, <laughs> whatever she said, I take with a grain of salt. Right, like you you came up, you know. what I'm saying just be easy with what you got and keep it moving, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm no comment about her. Uh, <laughs> r- rumored, rumored uh, March Madness uh, future. So no comment on that. So then we move on. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we want to jump to Rodman? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do jump, it. Let's, let's jump to Rodman, man. So, oh, Rodman, where? <laughs> So many dynamics for Robin, right? Um, do you think that he really? Well, first of all, he he, he needs a father figure. He's been searching for that for like ever. Did, <laughs> did you see the um, his actual documentary? Yeah, remember uh-huh. his, his actual thirty for thirty he had. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so it was funny they were replaying it uh, yesterday, I think, and I and I and I caught up on a little bit of part of that. And for some reason, I missed it the first time. But when he was talking about his sisters, used to dress him, he used to play dress up with his sisters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, he was an important piece. <laughs> oh, most definitely. And the, like, uh, and the fact like of how he, came, oh my gosh, like like no other man. I mean, right. 
to, to, to do the things he was doing and, and for them to like find that piece and, and make that. Okay. I think I'll take it instead of talking about him. Cause we could go on for a tangent. There's only a couple of things I want to bring up about him, but okay. I think we can do tandem, right? I think talking about him really makes me understand how much that a coach was the Zen master. 100%. And how he uh, kind of let him be him. Come on, man. How do you, yes. How do you mm-hmm. manage a team? Like, you know, most coaches are like, oh, I don't want to deal with this BS. Or like, think of, think of the Belichick way, right? It's like, it's this way or you out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this dude's dealing with <laughs> the best player in the NBA, right? He's dealing mm-hmm. with all kinds of new norms. You know, he had, Pippen and Pippen had to understand his role and then what was going on and bringing, you know, cool coach and just all these different dynamics and, and styles and um, pretty much bringing, being brought up as a coach in the middle of a season. Like <laughs> if that's not controversial, then that's shout out Jerry again. Like, right. Hey, we're just going to make this move. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Hey, thanks for what you did. But um, you know, here's your money. Keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I guess it, it, you know, his he gets the Zen Master kind of role and identity for a reason, and I think uh, it shows the power of, I guess, the mind and the power of kind of a mental space and being able to cart, cart. What's the word I'm looking for? Being able to um, seize the day, the carpe diem. Just, just being able to kind of separate life in that way. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and be able to step away from the weeds at some point and, and put things in perspective. Um, I think he did a really good job of understanding that. And uh, above all, um, coaching is working with people. And I think he really had the gift of understanding people, which I don't think a lot of people do. Um, it was more than X's and O's to him. It was about people. And I think he, it's probably why he got the best out of, Michael Jordan probably got the best out of Scottie Pippen and, you know, got the best out of Dennis Robinson. Um, kind of on Robinson's thing, man, I think he's kind of like the OG of, like, style and, like, your own personal, like, brand. To be honest, it, it's, it's funny because oh, we think of Michael Jordan as that icon of, like, a brand and, you know, uh, representing himself and being more than just a basketball player, but Scottie, Dennis Robinson kind of Brought a whole new like viewership to the Bulls, right? You know, he, I guess I, I you mean, call it that. <laughs> I mean, shoot, even Carmen Alexa was like, I didn't know what the basketball schedule was when he was in Vegas. Well, like he was, yeah, well, I, he, he could thank I, Madonna I for that. Madonna brought it out of him, boy. <laughs> he can he can give credit to it, but I mean, for you know the way he dresses is interesting. But you might see two or three people, you know, kind of. <laughs> Dress like that now as, as like a like a you know just fashion. You know, oh no, call it fashion. I, and all jo- I was joking, but like I think that you know, Madonna was one that told him like be yourself, and mm-hmm. we we got what his self was. We had many different <laughs> versions of that shit. And then how about uh, my man said I need a break, cuz, <laughs> and went to I'm Vegas. Tired, boss. I sorry, I'm tired. boss. Uh, <laughs> and we talk about this right every <laughs> documentary. When something kind of has a pivotal point, it goes down in Vegas. <laughs> goes down in Vegas. It's always like the right turn or left turn or 
where it went dark or where a pivotal point, point right something, yeah. something just goes down so uh shout out to us right fucking we vegas <laughs> um but yeah he's like yo let me get 48 hours and <laughs> you knew that mom was coming back man that's hilarious <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> he actually took a, took an actual break he invented low management low we all, management well we, we all blame lebron or we blame Kawhi, but He's really the godfather of low management. Hey, I need to take a break. I just, I just need a break. <laughs> and then the Miller lights after every game was fucking hilarious. Because at just first, hopping I... on the bike, yeah, just hopping on the motorcycle. <laughs> but no, just in the hallway, like in the hallway, yeah. like we're fan, like and just walking around with not a Pepsi, not a Gatorade. I had a Miller Lite, and then, like you said, hopped on the motorcycle, man. So different times, man, different times. Way different times. <laughs> so then we come to, like you were saying, we're, we're at the midpoint right now where they're, um, you know, taking on the, the, the current reigning champs, right? Like they're, they're starting to play the Pistons, and um, there's a couple things that come out of that, man, and I think – the one thing that I want to highlight, and we'll talk, probably talk about a few things, but is the handshake. Uh, after they beat him in 91, 91 Eastern Conference Finals? Yes. Okay. So when it's crazy that those two still have beef, right? Did you see the look on Jordan's <laughs> motherfucking face when they were like, oh, yeah, this is what he had to say? He's like, I don't care. He lying. Whatever He's he has. Ass. <laughs> He's and an asshole. He was so <laughs> Pissed. <laughs> Have you seen Isaiah's kind of comments and re, uh, rebuttal to hearing the Jordan thing too? So, like, obviously Isaiah's been on a lot of different shows, right? In response to the Last Dance documentary, oh, of particularly course. these last, yeah. So Isaiah's comments are just as like I don't really fuck with Jordan like that either. So it's, That's it's funny. It's it's hilarious, but the handshake. Um. I, I, I personally, I think, you know, I looking at it, I just really didn't have a, a problem with it. Obviously, I wasn't like a grown man during that time. I was just a kid, so I guess I really didn't understand the the, the depth of the uh, the respect, uh, or uh, the, disrespect uh, or, right? the respect or the disrespect or the rivalry or oh, you yeah. know just the landscape of you know Chicago and Detroit, you know that kind of thing. You know, there's there's a lot of layers. I guess to that rivalry. And then I didn't um, even know or think about, right. Um, Isaiah's from Chicago area. Exactly. So exactly. you, you, you imagine, <laughs> imagine going home and everybody like you, the, you the number one draft choice, right. You the hero of the hood and you go home. Everybody talk about somebody else <laughs> in your city, in your hood, man. Like, yo, hold right. on. Like, wait, wait, hold a minute. <laughs> Like, wait, I, I started this barbecue business. Is this respect I get? <laughs> yeah, so I can see Isaiah's point to that. And um, I guess uh, I, I can see Jordan's point is that, you know. Um, we shook y'all hands. I, I shook your hand right. after all these times. Uh, you guys beat me now. You can't shake my hand. That's that's kind of a ass horse grass. That's hilarious. <laughs> And so more on him, um, Isaiah, that is, disrespecting, like, did you see when he was asked who the top players was, he put Michael Jordan at number four? Yeah. <laughs> so they just throw a darts back and forth, man. That shit's hilarious. Yeah, they go back and forth. And then I think we're going to get to it on the second half of the documentary. And then, Like I said earlier, we were 
they're kind of at the 92 season now at kind of one layer of the documentary. Right. So obviously the, the dream team is a, probably a, going to be a subject on that. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas was famously left off the team. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the rumor is that Jordan was like, I'm not playing. If Isaiah is playing, you got to choose. And obviously they're going to choose Michael Jordan. So, yeah, there's another <laughs> another jab that way, too. <laughs> but those um, but are like but historical it's, jabs, boy. It's, yeah, those is is dope, though, man. I think uh, if I were to have a favorite, like, kind of Jordan – moment i think like the first three-peat jordan when he's getting over the hump in the 91 jordan it's like i don't don't know that first half of his championship is more of like the i'm trying to get to this level the the, i I like the passion and the drive of that right the the passion to get to the top of the mountain well i was going to actually uh bring something up right because that's where he fought through the jordan rule right so yeah he wanted to change that perspective so yeah um you know the jordan rules when they were beating the shit out of him (laughs) you know how they were going to beat him and like you said him in your favorite moment is him overcoming that what do you want to do the boy said i got to get in the gym You know what? And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you <laughs> did hey dude. So all the little kids that's gonna listen to this, man, the weight room matters. I know you think you can skip out on it, but Michael Jordan went start winning championships till so he got his butt in the weight room. That's so right. That matters. It's not just but, football, it's not like right. basketball. Y'all need to get in the gym. Like you see what it, uh it. was it uh Giannis looked like when he was a <laughs> when he's a rookie to what he looks like now? <laughs> that's the exactly. gym. Exactly. Yeah, get your butt in the weight room if you wanna uh, exceed. Man, but um I, I don't know. I think, I think the Pistons. I think the physical part is is a, a portion of. It. I think that was the style of the game. I think Chicago was super physical too, and that's kind of left out in the narrative about this. And the Pistons were like a great team for like a long time. Like from '87, they could have easily been in the championship when Isaiah kind of threw the ball away to you know uh, Larry Bird, and then '88 they lost on some kind of phantom calls and the Lakers in the finals. Right. And that was when Isaiah, you know, hurt his ankle too, that famous thing where he scored 25 in the fourth quarter or whatever. And then obviously 89, they won and 90, they won. So, and then they finally lost in 91, but that's like five years of like being really, really, really good. So for whatever reason, they get kind of disrespected. And I think it's to kind of build the narrative of Michael Jordan that I'm eating up as well. That I think everybody eats up. But, uh, um, I, like I said, that that portion of Jordan surpassing them is probably my favorite part. So far, the document is just what I know of Jordan, my favorite part of this story. Nice. Well, that's uh, kind of getting us to the halfway point, man. Um, was there anything else that you, that um, other than your favorite part about the document that you um, want to speak on before we kind of wrap it up? This, I haven't seen it yet. This is going to be the second part of the documentary, so I'm looking forward to it. But um, unpopular decision. I saw that on the previews of the next episode. They were talking about, you know, you're talking about the Kobe, like I see you later, and there's a portion of Kobe to it. Right. Unpopular opinion in all respects to Kobe. I believe you can tell the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls story without Kobe Bryant. So I'm interested to see how big he is in the documentary because I don't think it's necessary to have him large in the documentary at all if at all yeah but that's just my opinion so okay i'm interested to see that i think that he's 
if he has a part in this, which you know he does, would rather them talk about Kobe than have anything LeBron be brought up. So I think that's a strategic move, if 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 anything. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's brought up. True, but both of them don't need to be on there. This facts, is- <laughs> no facts. But I'm saying, right. like, if he could control any narrative for for that to be in discussion, it's for him to talk about, you know, the guy that wanted to emulate him and be like him the most, and you know, claimed he studied the film and all that. So that's just my yep. kind of guess or thought. For me, um, I'm definitely interested in this next where they're going to talk about the brand. So from the business side of things of, you know, how everybody wanted to be like Mike. I mean, that's shit. That's just as big as um, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I mean, everybody was screaming they want to be like Mike. You could have been, you know, playing tetherball and like, yo, like Mike. Boom. (laughs) Right. No, right. For sure. For sure. And I think, um, you know, you you bring up a good point. I'm not going to go too deep in it, but I was just talking to my little brother about this uh, not too uh, not too long ago that I don't think there will be another star like Michael Jordan not not just because of his greatness just because everybody revered Michael Jordan right everybody right. and when I was a little kid I think we had three number 23s on the same basketball team like <laughs> every for whatever reason like everybody wanted to be Jordan I think the way is you know society is now and everybody's kind of their own brand and you know, social media kind of can blow up somebody's brand, you know. Um, it's hard to have, like, a sole leader of, you know, who that top person is. Like, not everybody wants to be like LeBron. Not everybody wants to be like Steph Curry. Not everybody wants to be like Katie. And even if that is, like, the the general thought of the population, there's going to be, you know, somebody that gets, you know, 2,000 tweets or, you know, 10,000 tweets that's going to hate on them, too, in the same way. So I, it's just very easy to tear down stars today and not as easy to tear them down in the Jordan era. So I don't think there ever be another Jordan. Oh, facts, man. Well, Hey, I'm excited like you are for the, for the next half. And we're going to jump back on here and do a full overall recap. So that's going to be excited, man. Well, uh, thank you for, for listening today. Uh, please check us out. You know, uh, we're going to be continue to do these locker room episodes. We're going to be on your favorite, um, Favorite platform, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, all that good stuff. And just remember, we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 yo. Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spap out to racks on handmade new rags. Shoot me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and battle.